I am super excited to be back on Wednesday nights teaching and cannot wait to share what we're going to share tonight and next week and the week after. Uh, but I want to say to all of you who are watching right now, praise God. Man, I love we get to be together. I want to do a special shout out to my wife, Pam, who's watching right now. Pam, I love we get to be together this way. And I wonder, does that mean right now we're online dating? <laughs> I'm online dating my wife. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, super, super fun. Uh, but you know what? We're going to worship God. We're going to study his word. We're going to just be together for all that God has for us. Father, right now, I pray your Holy Spirit would stir and move. And Lord, that you would feel our love. You would sense the Lord, our passion for you. I pray you would inhabit our praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, I don't know if you ever heard about it before, but it's a, a story I love to hear and tell. And it's about a man who at one time was a missionary in China. And over the years, he did incredible work there. And then over the course of time, God showed him it was time to come back to the United States. And so he came back to the United States and year after year after year went by. And, and then uh, after he had been here, I don't know, 20, 30 years, he got word that a man who's from China that he knew very well, a man he considered to be almost like a brother, was in the hospital and didn't have long to live. And he thought, oh my gosh, Lord, I can't believe he's been here and I didn't know it. And he thought, I have one last chance to go see him. So he traveled to the hospital he was in. He went to the desk and asked if he could see him. And he made his way up to his room. Just before he was about to enter, a nurse stopped him. And she said, I wanna have you uh, uh, get ready for what you're about to see. Um, he's very weak. He's probably not going to regain consciousness. And uh, he's in an oxygen tent. But if he does wake up, try as hard as you can not to look concerned. Be a person who brings peace to him. And he said, I can do that. And he opened the door and stepped in. And here's this friend laying on a bed, looking frailer than he ever thought he was in an oxygen tent. And he walked over, the emotions welling up within him. And he looked at his friend and he thought, Lord, I would just love to talk to him. I'd love to have one last time. And as he prayed that prayer, the man opened his eyes and looked over and he recognized him. And he thought, God answered my prayer. And then the guy began to talk to him in Chinese, which was a problem because he had been away from China so long, he couldn't remember any Chinese. And so he's hearing the words and hearing the words. And, and his friend in the oxygen tent began to repeat the same phrase again and again and again. And he stood there thinking, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what you mean. And then all of a sudden he, he coded and, and the alarms go off and, and, and the nurses come running in and they make him leave. And he thought, oh my. And he thought, but I heard the last words this man ever said. Well, he didn't know what they meant. And later on, he went to the funeral. And he's there with all the family and all the friends, meeting people again he had been with in China. And he walked up to one man he knew and he said, hey, uh, can I ask you a question? And he said, sure. He said, my Chinese is not what it used to be. And, and I wanted to ask you what this phrase means. And he told it to him. And the man goes, that's a really odd phrase. It means you're standing on my oxygen line. <laughs> okay, I'm the only, Tim and I are the only ones that, that think that's funny. <laughs> okay, I had to keep her laughing, telling it. Um, so you're standing on my oxygen. It's not true, not a true story. Um, 
But what I do wonder sometimes is how many of us who are Christians were walking with the life of God, the love of God inside of us, ready to flow out, ready to come out. We're anointed with the Holy Spirit and we keep our mouth shut and we're standing on somebody else's oxygen line. We're not giving them the words of life. We're not giving them the things that give them a breakthrough that would help them find freedom, find their purpose, find all that God has and find the forgiveness and the cleansing uh, that God wants for them. And you know what I want you to know? God has wanted you to share. Jesus actually commanded uh, commanded for us to share. And we need to be a part of doing that. See, I want to have you think about this question. Why on earth are you on earth? Think about it. Why on earth are you on earth? Now, let me tell you something. If you're a Christian, God loves you as a father, like a dad, like a papa. And so right now, I want to tell you where God really wants you to be. He doesn't want you here. He wants you in heaven with him. Heaven's incredible. Heaven's amazing. Heaven is a place of no more tears, no more sorrow, a place of eternal joy and complete love. God wants you there. Why has God not taken you there? Because he loves you so much. He wants you to be with him. And I want you to think about it. In heaven, there's only two things you can do. Or, or two things in, uh, uh, in heaven. There's only two things you can't do there that you can do here. And so I want you to think about that. In heaven, there are two things you can't do that you can do here. And one of them is the reason why you're here. So what are the two things I can do here that I can't do in heaven? Number one is sin is sin. And I promise that's not why God is leaving me here. God isn't going, I need Chuck to commit a few more sins. I need a little more gluttony from Chuck. You know, he's got to eat a few more four by fours with 1,190 calories. Uh, you know, I, he's not doing that. He's not saying that. He's not going, you know what? Chuck hasn't lost his temper enough. We got to leave him there to do more of that. You know, and so all you know, all you got to do is get on the 91 freeway. And, you know, and, but here's what I want to tell you is that you can't sin in heaven, which is a praise. But that's, that's not why you're here is to commit more sin. As a matter of fact, God wants you to be sanctified while you're here. So what is the other thing? Two things you can do here you can't do in heaven. One is sin. The other is share your faith. Now that is why you're here. The only reason I'm on earth, the only reason you're on earth is to share your faith. Now, I want to make that very, very clear. Uh, you have an eternal purpose, and in the foundation of that, and the outcome of that, is that in some way, you would share your faith with other people. We are going to worship God while we're here, but we're going to worship God in heaven. Uh, we're going to glorify God while we're here, but we're going to glorify God in heaven. But we're going to share Christ with people who do not know Jesus. And in heaven, we're just going to celebrate we all got there together. And uh, so I want you to be aware of that. And I want you to know that Jesus gave us, gave us a great commission, a great commandment with the word to follow. So if you have your Bibles, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, says, and Jesus came up and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, listen to this. And by the way, the word go in the Greek is literally as you go, as you go. That means as I go to the donut shop, <laughs> which I do a lot, as I go to In-N-Out, which I just told you about, as I go uh, uh, amongst the church family, as I go to Home Depot, as you go, as you go, he's, it says, 
Make disciples of all the nations, which means every ethnic group. That word is ta ethne. Uh, by the way, it means that God wants us to reach people of every single race uh, and every single color. And he said, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So I want you to know that's what God wants for us. That's what God wants us to do. That's the great commission that I'm given. The great commission you're given is to go and share our faith. And over the course of this month, what I want to do is tonight and on, I want to help you be great at it. Not just good. I want to help you be great at sharing your faith so that other people can know how much God loves them and how much they matter to God and the life they're meant for, the freedom he can have. God wants that. He wants it for you, and he wants it for me. So where are we going to start? We're going to start tonight with two guys who realize their purpose on earth. Uh, and a matter of fact, they had a faith in God that I want to call this was contagious. I think the number one thing that I want you to get tonight is this, is if I have a contagious faith, a faith that's real, a faith that's vibrant, a faith that's this so overflowing, it's going to become magnetic and people are going to want to know about that faith and why that faith is there. My dream is you would be contagious, not with COVID, but with Christ and, uh, and, and that you would carry that with you. And there was a guy named Paula and a guy named Silas who had a contagious faith and they, they had it in the good times, the bad times, in the times of triumph and the times of testing, in the palace and in the prison. They had it everywhere. And they went to a city called Philippi. It was a a, a thriving city in their day. It was a place that was a fashion center in its day. If you wanted to be cool, you would get stuff from Philippi. And, and, And so what Paul and Silas did is they went to the city and the very first person they met was a woman named Lydia who made incredible money in the fashion industry and they won her and won her friends to the Lord. Then as they were going around the city of Philippi, a demon-possessed girl began to follow him around and scream, scream, it says, that these are men of the Most High God proclaiming the way of salvation. But they kept, she kept yelling and yelling and yelling. And it says that Paul became annoyed at it. And, and he finally was done with it. And one of the things he didn't want, he did not want the faith of Jesus to be attached to something that was demonic. And so he had to put an end to it. So he turned and he said, in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you to come out. And the demon came out. And at that moment, she was, she was free. In that moment, the, the exorcism had happened and she's not demon possessed. But there's a problem. Because what it says in Acts 26, or Acts 16, Acts 16, is that she brought her master's much profit from fortune telling because of the demon. The demon would tell her things that were going to occur in the future or things that people needed to know in that moment. And so what happened is people went to her and went to her and went to her and paid great sums of money for that. And now there's no demon, which means there's no way she can do that. And the men who owned her were so upset, they began to attack, physically attack, physically beat Paul and Silas. And other people jumped in and helped them. And now they're beating them and beating them. And then the police come in, their version of the police come in and they take Paul and Silas and they beat them more. They, police brutality was inflicted upon them. And then they threw them into the innermost parts of the prison where they were sitting and most likely would be put into a place where they would die. That would not be a good day. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. 
and now they're bloody, battered, and bruised, and they're chained in stocks. By the way, they would have been chained facing each other over a rock because we know where that prison is. It's still there to this day. We know for sure they were there. We know it's rat infested. And in that moment, what did Paul and Silas do? Get ready. They started praying, they started praising, and they started proclaiming Jesus. Now, I don't want you to miss those three things. I'm going to read the verse to you in a minute. And if you have your Bibles, it's in Acts 16, 25. But, but here's where we're going. That they, they were praying, praising, and proclaiming. Uh, I want you to know that on a bad day, what should you do? Praise God, pray to God, and proclaim. Uh, in a time of testing, you praise God, pray to God, and proclaim. Uh, I practice that. Um, man, when my day gets bad, I take extra time to pray to God. And I just seek God and pray to him and ask him to teach me things in it and to turn the situation. I pray to God and ask him to do a Romans 8, 28, that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him. There's been some days I've said, Lord, it's a really bad one. But that means a bigger miracle's coming because I believe you. And I talk to him about what I'm hoping he'll do. I give God suggestions that he doesn't always take. But, but that's called prayer. That's called prayer. And then the next thing is I praise God. I, I, I find ways to do it. Uh, if I can be in a praise service, I'll do it. Uh, in my Jeep, I've got this really epic, incredible sound system, uh, which I really do. Uh, and I can't sing, so I turn it up so loud no one hears me. And, uh, and I just praise God. By the way, truth, true mostly using sea of worship. All right, there you go. And uh, I just, you know, and, and so uh, in that moment, I'm praising God. And then when I, I look around and think in this moment of time of trial and hurt and pain, I think I'm more sensitive to people who are feeling that. And so God, I think helps me share better in that moment. I really do. I, and, and I wonder, who are you going to give me a chance to share with, Lord? Who can I talk to? And I want to tell you, on a bad day, getting to witness turns into a good day. Yeah. Uh, a bad day, a hard day, when I get to share Christ with somebody, I come home and I, it doesn't matter how bad everything else was. Pam says, how was your day? It was incredible. I got to talk too. You know, and I, uh, the person who cut my hair, they're, they're my favorite because they can't get away. Uh, they're just right there and they're stuck. Uh, and, and, you know, I've got them. Uh, or you know what is, is I just begin to talk to the Lord. Uh, one, by the way, a couple days ago, I was having a bad day and I had to go get food for our pets. And uh, we have chickens and all these things. And, and I come out to the car and I got a chance to share Christ with this incredible couple. And I got home and all of a sudden, all those things that were bad before didn't matter. And I got to tell Pam about this amazing couple I met and got to share Christ with. And by the way, then she DM'd me later about how much that meant. I was like, oh, you know, this is just incredible. So what I want to tell you is you and I are, are to live that way. And it works. It works. It gives you joy. And the joy of your Lord is your strength. So what happened with Paul and Silas? They're beaten. They're, they're falsely accused. Uh, they're gonna, facing a trial that's probably going to be a mockery. They may die. And it says in Acts 16, 25, but about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. So remember, pray, uh, pray praise, and then proclaiming. The prisoners were listening. Uh, so what I want to talk about is this. What, how can you and I apply this to our lives, live this out for ourselves? Well, number one, I would say this. Pray intentionally for opportunities to share. 
Pray intentionally for opportunities to share. So I do. I pray in the morning, Lord, is there anywhere you want me to go? Anybody you want me to meet? Anybody you want me to share with? And I become more hypersensitive to that. Uh, and again, I, I kind of joked about it, but I typically, uh, on days I'm on the way to the office, I'll stop by a Dunkin' Donuts, and I'm wondering, is there someone in there I can share with? Uh, by the way, sometimes I, it's the person who works there. Sometimes it's people who are waiting in line. One time, I don't know, I didn't have this in my notes. One time it was two high school kids ditching school. <laughs> they weren't in school. And hey, Pastor Chuck, hey, you guys aren't in school, huh? Well, let's talk about the Lord because you guys need it. Uh, but... And uh, by the way, I'm not kidding. I got to share Christ with them. And, and it was so fun and so incredible and, and so exciting. So what I want you to know is Paul and Silas, the first thing they did is started praying because they were men who prayed. Mm. Now, I, it sounds so simple, but they were prayer warriors. They were prayer seekers. They were, they were people who, who went to the Lord. By the way, James 5.13 says, anyone among you suffering, then he must pray. Then he must pray. Uh, notice that. It, it says right there, the first response in a moment like that is to pray. So the Romans 8.28 will take place. And I want to tell you the number one reason prayers don't get answered is because people don't pray. That's in James chapter 4, verse 2, where it says you lust and do not have. In other words, you're, you're craving something, but you never get it. And he says, so you commit murder, which, by the way, you, get, you have a bad attitude. And you, you end up killing off any hope or promise. And it says you are envious and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. But you do not have because you do not ask. You do not have because you do not ask. And so uh, what I want you to know is we need to be very intentional to pray. By the way, I believe one of the biggest reasons you and I have, have not seen people come to know Christ come to know the love of God, is we probably didn't pray for them. Mm. So I, I want to just get really honest about that, that sometimes I'm not praying the way I should. Mm. So I, I love that I pray, and I don't think this is wrong, blanket prayers for people to come to know Christ. But it's way better, as good as that is, and I won't stop doing it, it's way better if I could pray specifically for somebody. Mm. Uh, there was a, a girl who was really important to Pam and I in our life. She didn't know the Lord. We wanted to know the Lord. And I would say this from time to time. I prayed for her, but not diligently. And then one night, I'm, at, I'm sitting at our kitchen table. The phone rings. I pick it up, and uh, she's on the phone, and she is so excited. She goes, Chuck, I, you're not going to believe this. I'm engaged. I'm engaged. And I'm like, oh, no way. And then she goes, I'm engaged too. And she named a Christian guy I knew. But I knew she wasn't a believer. And so my first thought is, uh-oh, what's going on here? Uh, you know, the Bible's clear. Do not be unequally yoked to a non-believer. And so I'm sitting there, and then she goes, will you do my wedding? And now I'm like, no, because I'm not going to marry a Christian to a non-Christian. So I thought, how do I tell her? And I, I just said, I'm in my mind, I'm saying, Lord, I don't know what to say. And I just felt the Lord prompt me saying, invite her over. And I said, hey, would you like to to come over and we'll talk about it. She's like, oh, yes, I would. And he'll come with me. And so like the next night, they're coming. And so do you know what I was doing all day? I am praying for her by name. I'm praying for her by name. I'm praying for her by name. And I'm, I'm praying somehow. And I'll be honest, super vulnerable. I'm praying for me because I'm afraid I'm going to get, you know, hurt her feelings and be the bad guy. And she's going to cry and I'm going to wreck her and get, you know, uh, and, and I don't want to make it about me. But anyway, <laughs> She comes over, Pam's been praying, I've been praying, and she walks in, we sit down at the table together, I look at her and say, hey, you know what? I don't know that I've ever shared with you how to become a Christian. And she goes, oh, yeah. 
And I said, would you like me to share with you how to become a Christian? She goes, I, yes, I would. And I'm like, wait, what, you would? I'm like, what's going on? And, and she's like, yes. And so I share the gospel with her and share things with her. And I look at her and say, would you like to give your life to Christ? She goes, oh, and she starts crying. I want to, I want, I've always wanted this. I've always wanted to, I just didn't know how. And I'm sitting there going, and you knew me all these years? And, uh, and you know what? I hadn't prayed for her enough. I hadn't had enough to step out and do it. And, and by the way, uh, that was a little while ago. She is so in love with Jesus today. Her and her husband have such a great marriage. Uh, they're living such great lives together. Hand of God is upon them. And I was the one who was meant to do it. And uh, sad to say, I didn't pray enough for it. So you need to pray intentionally for opportunities and look for them. Uh, the second thing is you need to praise God verbally. I think that what I'm getting at with this is that out of the abundance of the mouth, the mouth, or out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So the more I'm praising God, the more natural it is for me to talk about him to others. Now, that's what I want you to know. So I'm not asking you to do something like, oh man, I got to psych myself up. No, let it be who you are. Uh, James 5.13 says, is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Now notice Paul and Silas started by praying when they were in prison and then they went to praising God, which I'm going to get to more in a minute. And they were suffering and they began to praise. They were suffering, they began to praise. And when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we will begin to praise God. Uh, so what I want you to know, the filling of the Holy Spirit will come and God wants the praise to come. And sometimes you praise God and then the filling of the Holy Spirit comes. In Ephesians 5, 18, it says this, and do not get drunk with wine for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with the Lord in all your heart and giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father. Uh, I think it's so interesting. It says, do not be drunk with wine. Uh, before I was a Christian, I was into all that stuff, uh, into drinking, into drugs, all the things. And I can tell you this, whenever I started having too much alcohol, I started talking way more and way louder. Uh, and uh, that, that some of you know, like, you know, yeah. And, and you know why? I was under the control of the alcohol. But when you're under the control of the Holy Spirit, you're going to talk way more and way more passionately and with way more joy and with way more victory and way more faith. And it's just going to come flowing out of you. And that's who you want to be. Someone who just talks about the Lord and talks about the Lord and, and shares about God. And it's talking about what God's doing in your life. You know, and, 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 and whenever, by the way, most of us get together, I, I don't have to wait very long till we're going to start talking about the Lord and what God is doing, what God is saying, what God is showing. And, and so we need to understand that. So back to that verse, Matthew 12, 34. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If your heart is in love with Jesus, it's going to cause an overflowing of you speaking about Jesus. Uh, Matthew 12, 34 says, for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever is in your heart determines what you say. And, and I want you to know that. Uh, I can promise you uh, that it, and these guys who know me will attest to this, that at some point, if you're around me long enough, I'll talk about my wife, Pam. You know why? I love Pam. Yeah, remember, right now we're having an online date. <laughs> How's it going, babe? <laughs> anyway, uh, so by the way, she texted in and said yes. But anyway, uh, here's the thing I want you to know is I don't walk around going, boy, I better bring Pam up. Somehow I got to get her in the conversation. It's just going to happen. Why? Because I love her. I just love her. And I love Jesus. Man, I, it, it's, it's something 
I, I'm in awe of him. I'm in love with him. I, I love living life with him. I love living for him. I love what he does with me and shows me. And, and I love to tell people about this, the Jesus I know, the Jesus that I get to live life with and for. And, and so that's just going to come out and I get to talk about him. And so what you need to do is you need to have times where it's just a part of who you are to talk about praises from the Lord and things that are happening and, and, and what God is doing and how he's using you and what he's guiding you to. Uh, because when you do that, what people begin to realize is it for you, it's real for you. Let me just tell you this, the vast majority of people don't want to know, is the Bible true? Now, I think there are people need to know the Bible's true. The vast majority don't want to know, is the Bible true? You know what they want to know is, does it work? Mm. Does it work? Does it make a difference? Uh, Pastor Noah's with us tonight, and I believe he has a special anointing to, to share Christ with people who aren't believers, uh, and God uses him that way all the time. But Noah, how, how often do you feel like you talk about to people what Jesus is doing in your life right now? I think it's all the time. Yeah, you know, it's um, you said something earlier. There's contagious faith, and I'm not I'm not saying that to flex, but I start my day with him and I praise him, and uh, I, I can't help but talk about him, um, just like I can't help but talk about my wife Viv and my daughter Selah and my son Nehemiah. It's he's in my heart, and he's my life, you know, and it it just comes out uh, of an overflow. So I, I talk about him all the time. Yeah, and I know, actually and, and, know you do because you and I are friends, but also, I'll tell you what, uh, I would say you rival most everybody on staff in texting me, and, uh, and, but it, every time you text, what's it about? Oh, the Lord showed me this, or, or did you see this passage, or, or God opened the door for me to share, or, or you know, we had uh, this person get set free. Uh, recently, uh, someone came forward you are ministering to, and you're praising God for the tra- transformation uh, and the healing they were finding in their life. Do you remember that text? 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but you can't help yourself. It's just going to come out and, and know whenever we get around you, we know that. Yeah. You, you, know, can't, know. you can't help but praise God to see him working in someone else as well. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Which so. is like a big part of the praise. So we need to, to be very intentional about praying for other people. And then the second thing is we need to praise God verbally. It just, that, that should be a part of who we are. Then the third, I'm going to bring this back to Noah in a minute is we need to tell our story. Notice the prisoners were listening. The prisoners were listening and they were so caught up in what Paul and Silas were praying, praising, and then telling them that something incredible happens. Uh, we'll get to it in a minute. An earthquake hits. Uh, an earthquake hits. And the, the chains fall off Paul and Silas. And all the prison doors open. Mm-hmm. So listen to what happened in that moment. Acts 16, verse 26. And suddenly, they're praising God. And by the way, they were using the Paschal songs to praise God. Which I'm going to get to in a moment. Because one in particular talks about God bringing freedom. Mm-hmm. And it says this. And suddenly... There came a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone, everyone, chains were unfastened. And when the jailer woke up, he saw the prison door open and he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing the prisoners had escaped. Now, why? Because the, the, the rule of law back then was if you were a jailer and someone escaped, they would kill you. So he thought, I'm going I'm to commit suicide before they torture me. And then in verse 28, it says, But Paul cried out with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for, and here's, here's a miracle. We are all here. 
I got to tell you this. Think about it. You're in prison and the door comes flying open as people praise God. Are you going to sit and stay or are you going to run to freedom? Aren't you in that moment going to go, thank you, Lord. You know, uh, you got, he opened the door. Nothing's stopping me. Nothing's, and, and they don't. I believe, I believe with all my heart it's because of Paul. Going, no, don't leave, guys. Nobody leave. And they were so caught up in what he was saying and praying and praising, they listened to him. Not one prisoner leaves. And it says this, and he called for the lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he fell down before Paul and Silas. And after he had brought them out, he said, sir, what must I do to be saved? I I want this this faith you have. I I wanna know what I can do to know your God. And, uh, and, And I wanna have you think about that. For Paul and Silas, This man hearing about Jesus was more important than their freedom. For all the other prisoners, it was more important than their freedom. It was more important than living and dying. In other words, they would stay and die to have a chance for this one man to hear. That's how important it was. And that's how big a deal it should be for you and I. That we would do anything. We would pay any price. Uh, We would go through any trial so that we could see people know Jesus. And we need to have that kind of a passion. That's what Paul and Silas had. And so what happened is in that moment, they were able to, to actually take him and, and begin to tell the story of Jesus and, and what it would mean for this man. And they were able to be that way with him. And uh, you know what I want to tell you? Every moment you have, you need to be sitting there going, God, when are you going to give me that opportunity mm. to share? And I'm praying for so-and-so. I, I'm praying for him by name. And I'm praying for you to give me an opening. And I'm praying for you to give me words to say. I always pray for the words, by the way. Uh, uh, Noah, you do too, right? We, don't just, we know the word of God pretty well, but we don't, we don't just go with the pat thing. Mm. We're always praying. Uh, God, what do you want me to say to this person? And, and, and what do they need to hear? And, and, and by the way, have I experienced God in amazing ways in that moment? And so they were ready with their message. Mm. Um, Noah, when you're with somebody, what do you, what's kind of the typical route you go to have them come to know about how they can know Jesus? Mm. Uh, you brought something up earlier that I think it's really profound that I obviously, I start my day with prayer. I'll ask the Lord, show me who I need to share with today. Show me someone that I can share value to And uh, I believe prayer wholeheartedly, it aligns me to see where God's already working because he's already working. And as I'm praying, he aligns me to see that and he opens my eyes to see the need. And I often try to to determine, because every person's different, and I don't come uh-huh. with a prepackaged message. I'm, Lord, where, where is this the person? And uh, ultimately, people are looking for hope. And I know that my responsibility is not to try to convert them, if you will, but to point them to Jesus and point them to the hope. Okay, that's big, yeah. And, and in those moments, I, I have to ask the question. I, I believe you came here because uh, hypothetically, let's just use an example. The other day, I'm in the parking lot, run into a couple, find out they're living together and they need help. And... Uh, I asked them, I, I believe you came to me because you're looking for hope. And they said, yes. I'm like, I know wholeheartedly that you could find it in Jesus. And I was able to point them to the Lord. And they're like, I want that. So I, I try to point people to the Lord. I know that there's many people watching online. And for me, uh, a, a phrase that I always use, I say, if God could save me, he could save anyone. Uh, I know what he's brought me out of. And uh, I used to live a life that, um, that didn't bring any fulfillment, drugs, alcohol, girls, you name it. Uh, But something happened when I met the Lord uh, because I always thought he was against me, but I saw he was for me. Yeah. 
And when people know that he's for you, that there's no sin that you've ever committed, no hurt that he can't heal, it brings them hope. And I know there's a lot of people watching online that you might even think that uh, the sin that you did, what you did last week, or maybe the hurt that you're going through right now, that it's just so overwhelming. I want you to know that, that Jesus does bring hope. And he does make a difference. And I wanna, I wanna actually give you an opportunity right now to, to meet him. How do we do that? We meet him through prayer. We simply have a conversation with God. I know that I haven't been living my life for you and I want the plan that you have for me because I know it's better than mine. Uh, and if you're online right now and you're watching with us, I wanted to give you an opportunity to go ahead and respond. Uh, Jesus does make a difference. In Romans chapter 10, it says, if we confess with our mouth that he is Lord, meaning that his plan is better, that we give him all authority, we will be saved. And I believe right now that God wants to invite people. He's already inviting, but he wants to meet you right where you're at so that you can have this hope and uh, the purpose that we've been talking about or that Pastor Chuck's been talking about in a relationship with Jesus. And we do that through prayer. So I would love to have the opportunity to yeah, be able to pray yeah. for those watching online. Uh, if, if you've never met the Lord, where you have a real relate, because you know, if, if you've met him, you would know. Uh, because you would talk about him and you would know the relationship that you have with him. But if you've never met him and you wanna meet him tonight, then I wanna give you an opportunity to go ahead and enter into a relationship with Christ. Maybe, maybe at one point you did meet him, but you're not close to him and your relationship isn't real anymore. I wanna give you an opportunity to go ahead and come back to Christ right now. How do we do that? We do that through prayer. So what I'd love to do is I'd love to pray with you and then I'll give you an opportunity to be able to understand how you can let us know that you prayed that prayer. So let's go to God in prayer. I want you to repeat these words after me. Say, uh, Father God, I know that you love me and I believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for me to forgive me of all my sin, oh, and to heal me of all my hurt. And right now I say yes to you. I say yes to the plan that you have for me. I ask God that um, you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit and that you would fill me with your love. I give you my life and I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 If you prayed that yeah. prayer and meant it, I want you to know that God right now drew near to you and that he did fill you with his Holy Spirit. Uh, but in the Bible, whenever someone uh, gave their life to the Lord, uh, they, Jesus said, make it known. And right now I want you to make it known. How do we do that? I want you to send the word, uh, amen, to the phone number 77247. You could send us a text message our team and myself, we want to pray with you. We want to give you some more material so that you can continue to grow in your walk with Jesus. But something happens when you make it known. And I want to praise God for all the decisions right now. Yeah, I do too. Praise God. And if you prayed that prayer with Noah, man, praise God. And make sure you text in 77247. Uh, you know, amen to 77247. Because why we want to celebrate. Uh, we sit on the edge of our seat waiting to hear your name, waiting to know as much as we can about you wanting to pray for you, wanting to get you uh, uh, things that will help you grow closer to God. And so, um, you know, we need to be ready to tell people, by the way, all of us who are believers, we need to be ready to tell people what they need to do to make that move. Mm -hmm. Remember the girl I told you about setting in my kitchen table when I said, do you want her to know how, know, uh, know how to be a Christian? She's like, yeah, I shared about Jesus, shared about the gospel. And then I, I said to her, do you want 
do you want to make that decision right now? And I led her in that very same prayer. Uh, and she prayed and she's crying. And then I looked at her and she goes, well, what do I do now? And the next thing I said, you've got to get baptized. You've got to get baptized. By the way, uh, it's interesting. In Acts 16, uh, the jailer said to Paul, he goes, sir, what must I do to be saved? And Paul answered in verse 31. He said, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord with him together. And all who were in the house, and he took them that very hour of the night and washed their wounds and immediately was baptized. And he and his household, and he brought them into his house and set food before them. And they rejoiced greatly, having believed in God with his whole household. Notice how the joy comes. They rejoiced, not just rejoiced, Rejoice greatly. And, and, and so they, got, they prayed that prayer. They got baptized. They're in that moment with the Lord. And Paul and Silas are, are living out their higher calling. Now, see, that's what I want you to know. You and I need to recognize that you have a higher calling. I need to recognize I have a higher calling. And so here's what I want you to know. There are certain people who God is on purpose, intentionally planned for you to be the one to bring the words of life to bring the words of love, to bring the hope of their calling. And so I want you to think about who is that person? Maybe it's one, maybe it's more than one, but we all have our one. And I want to tell you this, that, that we are going to pray over the course of from now, uh, uh, maybe till we all go to heaven, but especially through this next season, we want to ask you to do something. I want to ask every one of you to decide who your one is. And then every day at one o'clock, to pray for one minute for your one person. Mm. You can pray for two minutes, 10 minutes, an hour, but everybody at least pray at one o'clock together. Tomorrow at one, I'll be praying. I wanna invite you to pray with me and pray for one person for one minute uh, for one uh, at one o'clock and you make sure and pray and pray and pray for them. So at 1 p.m., uh, you pray for one minute for your one or even more than one. And, and let's do that together. Now, here's what I'd like you to even do. If you will text MIRACLE, to 77247, every day at one, we'll send you a reminder. So you can set your own alarm, obviously, but if you want to, and, and Pam and I are already doing that, uh, you text MIRACLE to 77247, and you will get a reminder to start praying. And, and I've loved it. I've already started doing it, by the way. And so it, it'll happen. One o'clock, bam. And I look down at that, and I'm praying for my miracle moment so a miracle can happen for the person in the life, my life who I'm sharing with. Then, by the way, my miracle prayer, and you can join me in this if you want to, too, is that by September 26th, we're going to have a special uh, baptism service here at our church, and we're going to see God do miracle after miracle in people's life. And so I'm praying I could get my person there. They don't even live in the area. Uh, but I'm praying for a chance to share, a chance to care. And, and if I need to, I'll help get them here. I'll drive up, pick them up and take them all the way back. And, 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 and you know what I'm praying that, that that day that they come walking down that aisle and they get in that water and maybe I get in the water with them. I'm praying for that. And, uh, so every day at one for a minute, at least I'm going to be praying over them. And uh, I, I'm praying that, that God's going to give me an opportunity. By the way, I very seldom have gone into a time like this where God hasn't given me the opportunity. Not everyone said yes, but God has, I'm going to say 
every time giving me that chance. And uh, I've got to be a part of that calling, a part of that moment. So I want you to be that way. I want you to recognize your higher calling. And I'd love for you to be in on that with me. So right now, if you prayed and said yes to Jesus, make sure and text amen to 77247. But all of us who are believers, let's commit that this is a season we're going to pray for our one, and then we are going to reach out to them and see an opportunity come where we get to share a message like Noah just talked about, where you could make it for them. You know, maybe it's a couple who's living together that you care about and love, and, and you know there's something way better for them, and God's going to give you a chance to talk to them uh, about something important in their life. Maybe it's somebody who's addicted to something, or they're in bondage to something, and you want to see a major breakthrough occur. By the way, this Sunday, uh, I'm going to talk about breakthroughs that the God of the impossible does, how the God of the impossible makes the impossible possible, and breaks change, and, and gets people through. And this Sunday, we're going to start talking about that but we're going to pray for our one person and pray that that miracle happens. I am so excited that you and I get to do this together. Let me say this. Why are you on earth? What is your purpose? Why does God not take you to heaven right now? Because you and I are a part of something epic and amazing. We are to take down the gates of hell and lower the population of hell by reaching that one person and then the next one and the next one and the next one. And we get to do it together. And by the way, we get to do it in the last days, which is the best time to do it. So you and I get to be a part of that. And uh, what I want to do right now is remember Paul and Silas at midnight prayed, started praising and proclaiming. So let's start praising right now too. Father, I pray right now that every single one of us would know that our one person matters and that we need to do things intentionally to reach out to them. I pray, oh God, that uh, you would should give us open doors. You would give us opportunities to share and to show care. You'd give us opportunities to be able to have words to say that are from the Holy Spirit, that, that go deep into someone's heart so they know they matter to you. And I pray we're going to see more and more and more people come to know your love, come to experience eternal life, come to be born again. I pray that for more and more people. And Lord, as we praise right now, as we lift up you, uh, you, you up in praise, may you inhabit our praise. May you draw us close. May you fill us with your spirit and make you, may you make us ready to live out our higher calling. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God, and I love that you are with us tonight. And pray that God gives you an amazing week. I also pray even more that tomorrow as you're praying at one o'clock, and we're all doing that together, that you sense God in a special way and you find God using you to open doors so that other people can come to know him. So may God bless you and we'll see you Sunday and we'll see you next week. God bless you.